degrees of metal just show up. Like, Hi guys! Ah, who's the voice? <laughs> Let's like be surprised. Hey guys! Ah! <laughs> Why'd you get here? All right, we're recording. <laughs> so giggle now. Yep. So all the giggles. <laughs> Bears. Hey everyone, welcome to the Scarehouse Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dudders, along with my co-host, Scott Simmons. Hello. That guy. And today we are up in Sorgatron Media Studios in beautiful Beachview. Um, we love this place. They are so nice to have us here. Because <laughs> they have tacos. Yes. There are delicious tacos across the street. If you ever want to come visit us at the studio, you can bring us tacos and we'll be cool with that. Yeah. Chicken fajitas are now four ninety nine. Ooh. Guess we're going after this. Yes. <laughs> And, Not wrong. And along with us today are two producers uh, from Sorgatron Media. We have both Mike Sorg and Missy Sorg on today. Hello. Who will be chatting with us. Hi. See, that's Missy. Yes, I'm chatting. <laughs> yes. Guess who just found out they were chatting? Missy Sorg. That's what that <laughs> Congratulations. face Congratulations. <laughs> but we're going to talk, um, kind of this is a recap of what happened this season, uh, what, you know, what we did, what we... Didn't do. I don't know. What we didn't, <laughs> didn't do. do. Because there's plenty. Adult. Of, <laughs> we seem to go out and try to do a million things, and we get about 999,000 done. Yes, that's that's about right, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So we're going to kind of chat about the season. All right. Uh, yeah, and, and, and me, you know, on my side of things, like, I, I always, you know, I hear kind of from you guys everything going on, and I'm a fan going into it. So I always make sure I get out there at least once. Mm-hmm. And I got to check out the basement this year, which was brand new for me. Oh, awesome. After awesome. all these years, I finally got somebody. I finally got a guinea pig to come with me. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> What'd you think of it? I thought it was amazing. It was a, it was a great experience. I kind of took, like, I, I knew from, you know, listening to the podcast all these years and everything and hearing other people's experiences, you know, it was like, okay, so this is like kind of an interactive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that going into it mm-hmm. and not telling the person I brought with me, <laughs> they were not ready for that kind of stuff and seeing his kind of genuine reaction and things like that. You know, it was, was, it was a lot of fun, you know, on, on both sides of it. Well, and it's fun that we can jump right in the basement. That's a good starting point because this year's basement was a little different than previous years. Uh, this is our fifth year, was our fifth year of doing basement, I believe, mm-hmm. doing the math. And it has really evolved beyond, I mean, it's always been, you know, extreme, intense and all the R-rated content and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for years, it was more of a traditional haunted house in terms of, for the first two years, it was really just sort of a series of randomly put together scenes that Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily have a flow. It had kind of a build. Year three, we kind of had a whole... Potentially too elaborate, frankly. Too much stuff going on, but much more of a story trying to get into the psychology of it. And I think this year, but but I'm sorry, doing that opened up the possibility of like, well, there's no reason why we can't put more of a narrative and more of a story down there. So we experimented last year with the happy birthday party, which again, didn't necessarily have a rising story or concept, but at least, okay, now we understand why all this stuff is all together. And all that led to Basement this year, which I think was really strong. I mean, it had as much backstory and theming and detail as anything we've ever done upstairs. And the audience, uh, I mean, Dutters would know this. How did the audience respond to it? They seemed to like it as far as like the feedback we got in the surveys and, and what they were saying on Facebook. They seemed to like it. There were folks that didn't because, but a lot of it was really interesting to see. It was like, you know what? I wasn't, you know, really feeling it this year. 
but I know it'll be different next year and you change and you try new things each year, which I thought was really cool to see. Like our core audience was like, you know what? That's cool. What's, you know, I see that you're trying something else and we appreciate you're trying new things. And this is, uh, potentially a highfalutin, uh, concept that just occurred to me literally just now, but in some ways, this is really out there, but in some ways what we're doing is almost the way, say, Cirque would go to a circus performance. You know, circus performances used to be, here's this gag, here's this, here's this, here's that. It was one of the many things that Cirque du Soleil did is they started still doing those same gags, but putting them behind like character and story and trying to find a way for it all to fit together. And that's essentially what we did. I mean, we were still doing, okay, let's put them in a coffin. Let's let them eat something horrible. Let's lock them in a closet. But then trying to find narrative reasons for that to happen and then also have uh, some additional subtext behind it on you're going into this abandoned, air quote, uh, asylum. But what you're going into and expecting to see is not what you're going to see. And then also like, playing with those perceptions of, oh, I'm, I'm scared of crazy people. Like, no, if, if you're paying attention, go through the whole experience, you realize they were actually the victims in this. And there was something much more uh, darker going on with the people mm-hmm. who were in charge. It was kind of subversive. It, it, it was interesting. And I don't know how much you want to talk about that narrative that happened in there. But I know at one point there's, there's uh, you know, one girl where you're, you know, she's talking about bugs mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of going and there's laughing and, and you're going through this whole process and then somebody comes up and yells at her. Yeah. And you start feeling sorry for her. Yeah. You know, so it's even more than, oh, hey, there's crazy people and, you know, there's a pillow fight and, and moving on. Yeah. You know, or, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of all over the place. And we kind of deliberately wanted to make it so it's always shifting. So you weren't sure what kind of ground you were standing on and where your allegiances, allegiances should be. It's been a while since we've done a podcast, Dutters. It's been a while since we've done anything. Like I know that one of the things that you've done with the scare with the basement, especially, is the Valentines in the basement. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that that's kind of an interesting concept because you're not just the scare house for Halloween. At that no. point, you're kind of doing other things again creatively within that storytelling. Well, in the basement, the scale of it being uh, relatively small and intimate enough allows us to really go nuts with it because I know there are other haunted houses that will do a Valentine's Day or Christmas version and really, frankly, all they're doing more often than not is just putting Santa hats on their characters or Valentine's Day, like they just throw in a couple weird little characters or bits. When we do Valentine's Day basement, we're radically changing the whole thing. It was last year that we did uh, Alice in Wonderland, which was actually kind of a prequel of sorts to this year's basement. Um, when people would ask, we'd say, was, you know, was that the plan to have both years basement take place, sort of be interconnected and be kind of the basement multiverse? Uh, sure. No, it was not. But, <laughs> but basically it wasn't, we liked Valentine's day so much. We thought, well, let's sort of play with this concept more. And yeah. last year I know we did H H Holmes and yeah, it's been fun. So this has just been kind of part of the natural evolution. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so was a, this the first time you've done immersive experience, like an immersive theater experience? Or? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I've been to another haunted house where there was a little bit of like a story and you go through and, and they talk with you. But, you know, it was, but it was still just kind of a haunted house mm-hmm. scare kind mm-hmm. of thing. And my awareness is, again, from, you know, you know, listen to your guys' conversations with the immersive theater 
I, I followed but have not been able to attend a lot of things like Bricolage does. Mm-hmm. And that's always been really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's more than just, you know, you go and you, you know, we've all been to the, the, the the amusement parks where there's like a character that says something and you're like kind of ha ah, and ignore them and go ahead mm-hmm. you know I mean this, so it was always kind of interesting to me so no, it's definitely been my first full on immersive mm-hmm. and that's a kind of a buzzword right now it's getting thrown around a lot I'm seeing immersive thrown around on a lot of things like that's that's not actually immersive um, and just like anything else there's some people taking it very high fluting and high concept and I think really on a basic level you mentioned ride. And this is something that a uh, Disney designer mentioned recently. It's what immersive experiences mean is if you think of the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride, mm-hmm. you are pretty much a very passive participant in that entire experience. The pirates don't take any notice of you. You have nothing you do has any outcome on that story. They are essentially ghosts locked in this thing and you're just kind of watching and you go out. Immersive means they are making eye contact. You, the actions you take impact the level of experience. You get to be the hero of your own story. It's kind of, to me, I think of a video game discussion of like on rails. Like yes. Your high yes. house, like, you get, like the regular high house experience you guys have upstairs is kind of that on rails, there's a path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing. You, you know, there's no touchy. There's no, you know, there, it's, it's, you're there, you see it and you move on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's definitely a lot different. Yes. And we had, speaking of basement, I know this was on this, uh, we, uh, we just saw it a few days ago, the, uh, the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to, you have such a great, uh, you we speak had, German so fluently. Dutters. We had Do you want to talk about that we experience? We had so much fun watching this before Awesome Cast this week and <laughs> seeing German Dutters and German Scott and uh, it was, it, I mm-hmm. didn't know you were so German. <laughs> It was it was funny because that was the first time that I had actually seen it too because we had been waiting for it to show up online. Um, we had a German documentary crew um, come in and I'm just blinking on the show. Galileo. Uh, that's correct. Galileo TV. And um, they what they were doing is in Germany, there aren't haunted houses. Like Halloween is, is they celebrate, celebrate Halloween differently. So they were kind of going around the world and seeing how different countries celebrate Halloween. And so they wanted to check out a haunted house and they found the scare house in, in the basement and wanted to go through and see what that was like, which was a lot of fun for us. Cause it's, it's weird to explain a haunted house to somebody who's never seen a haunted house, yeah. like in trying to explain the elements mm-hmm. and what goes into creating a haunted house. And, and I think a few times they looked at us like we were just, Mm-hmm. what's wrong with you yeah. <laughs> and it's like no this is what we do we research this and that smells like boar urine don't get too close <laughs> yeah they really there was a lot of time spent on you explaining the bull urine and showing where they were hidden and everything yes. like they really like oh we're gonna do a whole segment on this yeah yeah the smells were huge yeah that was like a big section of, of us explaining how you know why we pick smells like why are smells important in a haunted house like why would you take the time to figure out what smell belongs in what room and how do you create the smells and i mean so many surreal things have happened with Scarehouse over the last few years. But I mean, as Katie's saying, this was a uh, a very popular show in Germany. I think the YouTube link of this video is already up to something like 330,000 views. I oh, mean, wow. they are a huge, you know, in Germany, they're, they're one of the top rated shows. And they, this segment was 19 minutes long. So this was just, just about Scarehouse. It wasn't, something where we're just inserted in like they made a point of coming to Pittsburgh for a few days just to do 
this segment. And that in the back of our heads was always the strangest part of it of, of all the haunted houses out there, of all the haunted attractions out there, scare house basement, like it hit all, it, it was intriguing enough for them to say, let's bring out the whole crew and come out. And it was not a small crew either. Yeah. We, there was a little gang of them. And, and like I said, it was, it was fun to see their reactions to everything we were doing. And they were all so very nice. Yeah. And so interested in what we were doing in, in the city of Pittsburgh, which I thought was cool too. They checked out some spots around town. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a, all in all, it was a really cool experience. And again, like you said, you know, not the first international experience you have had. No. You know, it's been, it's been interesting. To, I, mean, I know it was a Brazilian TV show that, before. That was, that was the strangest one. That was, <laughs> that was, and, um, the, the host of that still follows me on Instagram, humble brag. Um, <laughs> But that whole that whole experience was because that show, another very popular show in Brazil, and another kind of show that the Western audience is just trying to watch it and trying to understand. Like with the Germans, I could sort of understand. Okay, I see what your show is about. I get the concept. The Brazilian show, it's kind of a combination of game show, prank show, skits, um, pop culture, pop culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, being Brazil, a lot of women in very little clothing. I, it was all very strange. And I never, they came to Pittsburgh and it was a prank where they, and my memory is just that Aline, they thought she was going, they tricked her into thinking she was coming into a house to meet a woman who ran a cat circus. Yes, because the cat circus was in town. That was the other reason <clears throat> they were in town was they were visiting the cat circus after they visited yeah. us. Of course. But in fact, she was going through the haunted house, and the haunted house was staffed by debtors and a handful of other people who knew the place very well. And it's just, I forget, um, it's been a while since I've watched Saturday Night Live, but there was that Kristen Wiig character who just would make up the most insane, crazy stories. And I'm thinking, high on there has to be, yeah, they, they the Brazilian TV crew came in, they were doing a story in my cat circus, and then they went to my haunted house, and they, yeah, it's so weird. That was so much fun. That was just, it was, the whole day was just nuts with that, because it's just prepping and not being sure what to expect and what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah. <laughs> As usual. I feel like that happens all the time. Not sure what we're going to get into, but here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I and I will say, by the way, um, we've been lucky to have national, you know, uh, national TV coverage come in too from, from America, I'd say over the last few years, I think the uh, it's actually probably been easier for us to work with the international journalists than the local journalists because they're so, I think all of this is so new to them and they are a little bit more, in my opinion, a little bit more respectful. They're asking questions of like, oh, where do we go? How do we do this? Where sometimes when you get the national crews coming in, they're like, yeah, 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 haunted house, we get it. Like, no, no, it's a little different. You can't stand there. You can't, yeah. So, now, you guys did mention you just touched upon it that you have some like national, like homegrown stuff. Mm -hmm. You guys had an interesting experience. Uh, you had a YouTube, or I, I believe it was YouTube, definitely Facebook, with a couple of the Steelers had gone yes. through. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that, because. That's that the funny the thing was is one of the players' girlfriends had reached out to us and was like, Hey, some of the players want to come through. Can we accommodate this? You know, and, and she mentioned in the conversation, super nice lady, uh, mentioned in the conversation, Do you have a hidden camera in, in your haunted house? And I said, No. Are you asking if we'll record football players going through our haunted house with a night vision camera? She's like, Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, we can do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they gave us a heads up like about how many were coming through. And 
Oh my gosh, was that that was fun? Yeah, and it's our, our hidden. I mean, we do have surveillance cameras, but the best footage is with a uh, a Canon camera that that we own that I'm shooting. Like ninety percent of the time, you see footage of somebody being scared in a haunted house over the last couple of years. It's usually me because I know where all the hiding spots are. I know how to do all this, and yeah, it was. Uh, the Steelers going through and me just like the guy from Silence of the Lambs is sort of like getting in their face and then hiding and then getting all this good stuff. And then being who we are, we of course had some of it online within hours and it just took off in such a big way. It was pretty wild. And just like seeing it on like all the local news stations and then, you know, people sharing it far and wide and just it would randomly because we we get the Google alerts and then just seeing where it would end up the next day. It was fun. And then a couple of weeks later, seeing other haunted houses uh, inviting football players out and shooting the video and making it a whole thing. Like it was but with us, it was very organic. It really was just they called and they were the ones who brought up the idea of shooting footage. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess we could do that. Yeah, yeah. we have which, the capabilities. Which is really funny because, again, I, I, you know, you see the scare videos, you know, there, there's always like, the, you know, people getting scared, the video that comes out every year. Yeah. There's, there's been, you know, a big people coming in, especially around Krampus last year in Legendary. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it just seemed like it was just another one of those, hey, somebody's coming out and, you know, of course, we got some stuff with them. But that's awesome to hear it just kind of happened. Well, because a lot of times I think when people are coming through and they actually have the cameras put on them, it's still good stuff. But to some extent, even if they're not consciously, they're going to play to the camera because they know, oh, I've got this camera on me or I've got this camera guy right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why, because we get really good footage of customers being scared too. That's a big hit on our on our YouTube channel. And the reason I think that footage is so... Uh, is is so real and so honest is that nine times out of ten people don't realize the camera's there. But then what was interesting is towards the end of the season, um, I actually put on a mask and a cloak and I would be very blatant. I would be standing right in the middle of the room. Here's this tall, gangly, weird looking guy with a camera and you would see everyone looking at me going, what, what, what is he doing? And then so I actually was able to distract. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not, you're not, uh, you're not easy <laughs> to hide in there. <laughs> no, but then I became part of the scare because with our new haunt, Sunset Lodge, it kind of made sense that there'd be some kind of weird, creepy guy running around with a camera. So people just thought like you could see these great reactions of people just sort of tilting their head like a dog and looking at me. And then here comes the actor. And that was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Some additional misdirection. Yes. Oh, you mentioned Sunset Lodge. And and, and that's when I know seeing the preview, I was really excited to see. Um, And it was it was really cool. It was a different it, it was. A brighter concept, can we yes. say? <laughs> yes. Going in for that, and of course, uh, what was the haunt before? Inf- not Infernal's the last one. Uh, summoning. Summoning, summoning uh, which you know was one of my favorites. Always loved the detail <clears throat> in there and everything, and and a great great scare at the end. Um, so tell, tell talk to us a little bit about the the how did Sunset Lodge come come to be, so, and how did it work out this year? So we can kind of tag team this because. <laughs> We had had uh, summoning for three years, and and frankly, the idea was that that haunt was going to exist longer um, because we put a lot of time and a lot of money into it. The scale of it was unlike anything we we had done before. Um, very elaborate, very sophisticated, uh, kind of a 1930s social club, and very influenced by Stanley Kubrick. Like it had these massive sets, massive scale. Definitely, you know, Dutters was heavily involved in the scenic of it, so she can tell you she spent many, many, many an hour just in there with painting. And 
originally our plan was after three years, like, oh, we'll do kind of a revised version of it. Or, And I mean, what we were finding, though, from looking at the customer data was people liked it. But, you know, three years is three years is three years. And we were kind of feeling as much as we loved that haunt. Uh, a lot of what makes Scarehouse Scarehouse was this weird sort of uh, subversive, irrelevant kind of vibe of mixing humor and horror, like Krampus and Infernal and in the old days, Delirium and things felt, Creepos Christmas, felt a little bit more us, whereas summoning was starting to feel a little bit like, you know, we're not supposed to be at the big kids table. We're supposed to be at the little kids table eating dino bites and throwing spaghettios at each other. (laughs) So we sort of started throwing around ideas and I was sort of being hesitant because I knew how much time and effort had gone into summoning. And I felt like, maybe we could change it a little bit. Maybe we could do a little couple little tweaks to it. And then I'll switch to Katie because I think it's safe to say the whole team was like, or we could burn it all down. <laughs> the ground. <laughs> well, and the thing was, is we were changing things in summoning year after year. And customers were like, okay, it's the same thing. Okay, it's the same thing. Okay, it's the same thing. And it's interesting when we do customer, free, you know, get customer feedback from the surveys to see what customers see. Because sometimes we don't see things that they see. Mm-hmm. And I think we get so used to being kind of submerged in certain worlds that we don't notice things. And I think it's just a lot of people are the same way. And... I did. It became the anti-summoning. <laughs> it yeah. was like, let's 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 pull in something we're interested in. Let's pull in something that's kind of almost. I don't want to say like in pop culture, but serial killers are yeah. hip and cool now, and as we are. And we were just like, what what kind of fun things can we put in here? Like, how can we take this and then tweak it to make it scarehousey? Well, and it would be it's a really interesting conversation because it was definitely um, how we used data to drive the creative. But it wasn't like, oh, we can't be creative because we got to hit all these boxes. In the same way we were talking about earlier, basement, okay, here are the gags we know we want to do in in terms of the data. But then also just our own gut feeling. We said, well, as much as we love the summoning, we were missing our opportunities to have really iconic and colorful characters. Mm-hmm. Characters have always been something we're really good at. And we missed having – summoning was was all had a very – uh, limited color palette and very much like a lot of warm, uh, warm lights and darks and shadows. And thought like, I kind of want to get some neon in there. I want to get some bright colors. So you start talking about it and more humor and you start talking about all this stuff and it comes up with, well, what if it's a hotel? What if it's a hotel where all these notorious serial killers have checked in? So that sort of checks that box of what the customers want, but it makes us happy because then we get to make a bunch of different characters and then we, it allows us like, well, if, what if it's not just hotel rooms, but heavily themed hotel rooms so we can do, because I mean, when we were doing the summoning, there was so much stuff we couldn't do. There are no chainsaws in the thirties, you know, clowns, you were kind of limited on what you could really do there. And that's how we sort of came up with the idea of like, what if it was one of these sort of Pocono style, Niagara Falls style, eighties themed hotels, all of us without even realizing it, share the same passion for the 80s. <laughs> yes, it's true. So, in, in it's exactly what, what Better said. It became the anti-summoning. It became, how can we, we've taken something that's so sophisticated that's been in books and has prints and art galleries and things. How can we make something that's just pink and a lot of like 80s pink, yeah. colors and... The, the slow jazz music and a heart-shaped jacuzzi tub. and I, so, so I, I did a night 
uh, scaring in there, which was great. Oh, that's right. And mm-hmm. I was right next to the like the, the like ch- Japanese Chinese yeah whatever room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm like and I'm, so I'm hearing a mix of that that music like the little you know string music. And then there's like, you know, the chance from the room next to us <laughs> and it's mixing weird. And I'm just like, that's got to be the most soothing room, yeah. you know, where there's not like strobe lights and screaming and <laughs> yeah, right. going on. But I think it lures you into a false sense of like, ah, oh, this is nice. And I think one of the other things that we missed from summoning and going into the Sunset Lodge was that gore, that gross factor. Yes. We, we had baby poop. We had baby vomit, you know, painted on the floor. We had words spelled out in baby poop. Yeah. Like. <laughs> when I, I think I've said this before in the podcast that both uh, Scarehouse and Basement both influence each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Basement, like, well, we, you know, especially after last year doing Happy's birthday party and realizing, like, you know, there's, we're missing some of that edge upstairs. Mm-hmm. You know, Happy's birthday party last year was inappropriate. <laughs> um, and it was sort of like, there's something kind of fun about that and and being kind of like, Tales from the Crypt, National Lampoon style, you know, Simpsons, you know, we're all big Simpsons fans. Like there's something about that, like you said, putting some poop up in the walls and just having, having some gore, but having gore in, sounds strange to say, like in a, in a cartoonish way, like still done very realistically, but having it where you wouldn't expect to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, now you guys are talking about some of your passions and motivations and, and some of the things that inspired this uh did you guys have any sort of like easter eggs or anything that people if they looked at it they would be like oh this is so cool (laughs) so many if if (laughs) back when we thought that we would actually be getting sleep in october i was i don't even know if i mentioned this i was planning to do a video just on all the easter eggs there were so like there were easter eggs for the super fans there were easter eggs to uh the casual fans then there were easter eggs to like two other people then there were easter eggs to like somebody who made a comment once, you know, I mean, we, we love, and that was the thing with the hotel. It allowed us to layer in so much stuff, which again, taking the lessons we learned from the summoning, the summoning had a ton of Easter eggs in it. So we were using those same, um, same concepts, but just in a cheesier way, if that makes sense. So, you know, we had, I'm trying to remember some of the things like we had our own line of frozen pizza. We had brochures out, posters, it was, it's fun because I do the behind the scenes tours and like having customers because some it's weird because it's a weird mix when I do behind the scenes tour. It's people who have never been to Scarehouse and people who have been to Scarehouse. It's usually it's almost like a 50 50 mix, which is awesome. And it's fun to take the people that have been through and go, hey, did you notice this? Did you see this? You would never have noticed this if you went through this. And, and like just being able to show them like there was do not disturb hang tags. Uh, there's channel guides, um, mm-hmm. Sunset Lodge channel guides. There's phone numbers, like a phone list of like contacts for taxis. Um, I'm trying to think of all there, there were so many things that we'd put in there that you would never notice if, I mean, there's, and I think a lot of it we put in there for ourselves too, yeah. because we spent a lot of time in these haunts. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you came in, in the stairwell, we had a TV that was like, you know, when you're a hotel and you're just flipping channels and seeing all this weird stuff. And it was a, that putting that video together was really fun for me. It was a combination of things I found online, obscure eighties movies, but even that had weird references to previous haunts. It's uh, somebody may, there's been an ongoing joke about vampires that we made on a Facebook live of all things. So I actually had a little mini trailer for the upcoming blockbuster vampires. 
And like, like, like the only people who know that are people who work for us or the people who paid attention to a Facebook live that ran six months ago, but like, eh, it's still kind of fun. That's awesome. Uh, and, and outside of that, you do you guys did a lot of interesting things. I, I I know for a while the Red Bull flute talk like seemed to <laughs> take up as much of your life as getting ready for the hunt season. Oh my god! It seemed. Yeah. So yeah, we tried we tried the flute talk. <laughs> we we built a craft, the scarecraft, which was amazing. And if you're not familiar with the flute talk, essentially it's a Red Bull event that they put on in various cities, usually once or twice a year. And you build a craft, it's certain specifications, weight, length, width, height, and you push it off a 22-foot platform and hope it floats, like hope it floats in the air and doesn't like come crashing straight down. So we built the Scarecraft, which was a lot of fun to build, and we had a zombie crew, which was a lot of fun, and Mm -hmm. and we we did our thing, and it didn't go very far, but it didn't fall apart, so that's just kind of like any other haunt construction. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it's sturdy but it, it doesn't won't fly look it doesn't look pretty it doesn't go fast but it stays together does it last the season yes yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really funny because if like there's a couple myself included in another one of our team members jj are both terribly afraid of heights and getting up there and when you're on the platform you either turn around and you kind of do this i don't want to say it's like a walk of shame back down because you won't jump off the platform but it was like you either jump off this platform at the end or you kind of turn around and walk down and to be and to be clear <laughs> in front of thousands yeah. of people at point it was park. unreal how many people were down there this was during the regatta correct correct yeah so yeah. there's already people down there for the regatta and then yeah. people are coming in specifically to see this flute talk event yeah yes. i mean it's it's an event thousands of people a uh, big long line of like food vendors and things giant screen all the all the local media there plus it's live online live oh yeah, yeah i didn't even know live yeah. online yeah we were one of the teams that they streamed so yes yeah, so you got to watch us on our zombie that's right I, you guys had that really cool entrance though with the we, i think we learned it the night before <laughs> you're supposed yeah. to like have this so you have a performance and then you push the craft off and like taking elements from michael jackson's thriller and like what moves we liked what moves we didn't like and, and putting them together and learning them as a group and we're not all dancers for sure no yeah obviously and then so you do your routine you push the craft off and then the theme thing is you jump off at the end and that was terrifying (laughs) (laughs) jumping into one of our three rivers is always kind of yeah but it was it was it was such a fun and crazy event that it's as soon as we were done like let's do it again (laughs) i don't know but it was funny because the other thing was is our makeup was so good yeah we i don't think people realize that we were at the hunt at 5 a.m because we had to be downtown or down with our crafts at 7 a.m which we almost lost all of our crafts because of there was that horrible storm yeah uh we we got the crazy thunderstorm that just rolled through and and it did It, it damaged some of the crafts and it wasn't anything that they expected to happen and so we were down there at 7 a.m the day of so we were at the haunt at 5 a.m getting makeup and, so, and we didn't take off till almost three yeah oh, wow. yeah so that was a very long day filled with lots of red bull <laughs> pittsburgh is is such a great place and there are always these opportunities for very strange promotional events and i i'm so grateful that uh scarehouse is frequently invited to participate you know whether it's uh, helping to uh, reopen the new Noah's Ark at Kennywood, but um, things yeah. like Flutog. Uh, remember, this was many, many years ago. One of our actors was when uh, there was a dancing with the celebrities of Pittsburgh. So one of our characters had to learn ballroom dancing and do it in front of a whole r- room full of people. Um, there have been 
parades. Like we, they're, uh, the Scarehouse Bunny gets requested at all kinds of different festivals and appearances and things. Like it's, and it's the parades in particular are strange because you can see people in the audience recognizing and being excited that Scarehouse is participating, and that's just those moments of what we do. Um, Dutters and I, you're seeing the numbers and you're you're reading the customer surveys in an online world, but when you're actually in person and you see thousands of people and you know, there's a select group of them and they go, Oh, that's the bunny or that's the one who scared me or that, that it's still very surreal going and being in a parade. Cause I'm lucky enough to usually be involved with the parades and St. Patrick's day. We're in the pride parade and just listening to the crowd go, bunny, bunny, bunny yeah. is nuts. <laughs> now you, you guys just touched upon this. You do a lot of stuff within the community. And I know one of the really cool things that I appreciate that you do, especially during season is you pair up with purgatory mm-hmm. for the shake. So can you talk a little bit about some of that stuff? I, I know you did some video work and different things with that is such a, such a crazy thing that started very small and has grown to be a tradition. Now, uh, when purgatory first opened, I don't think they had been open that long and they were just the one location and, uh, they had done as an experiment, I think like a celebrity shake with, I want to say it was Randy from DVE. And he had been posting about it on Facebook. So I contacted them. I think this is another thing. Was that maybe five years, six years? I'm not sure. It's been a few years. It's been a few years. And saying like, well, let's try this. What if we were to do a Scarehouse shake? You know, we'll promote it. They'll promote it. And portions of each shake benefit Make Room for Kids, which is an initiative of the Mario Lemieux Foundation. And uh, they do a lot of different things. But essentially what they're doing is for kids who are going to be in children's hospitals for a long time just like anyone you can imagine yourself, like they, they get bored, they get antsy, they get, you know, it's hard to keep your spirits up if you're going to be for anyone that can be in a hospital for that long, but especially as a kid and not have the sort of uh, ability to socialize and have fun. So what make room for kids does is it provides games, gaming systems. And, um, you know, think about that yourself, like as gaming, as you guys know, from the other podcasts you do, like these gaming systems are always being updated. They're always being mm-hmm. linked in. So, um, each sell, uh, sale of the Scarehouse Shake raises money for that group. But what's happened is Burgatory has grown from just that one location into a fairly iconic Pittsburgh institution in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And so now I want to say last year alone, they sold over 6,000 milkshakes. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. So that's, and that's, and it all started with just basically a email from like, hey, you want to try this little thing? And now it's grown into, and it's definitely become a, that has also become kind of the tradition of, I know they say, they hear every year, like, when's the Scarehouse Shake coming back? When's the Scarehouse Shake coming back? And you've been able to grow with as they've been growing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because what, what you just said, I know that we have friends who are like, oh, we have to go to Burgatory because the Scarehouse Shake is coming out. And yeah. We need to, yeah, it's, it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and then I know within our own cast and crew, it becomes a thing like, well, how many shakes did you have? How many shakes? <laughs> I, we had somebody was at Emma for a while who was up to like 15 in one season or some, oh, wow. some very Jeez. high number like that. It was ridiculous. And they come and it's funny when they come into work at night when they're carrying the shake, Scarehouse yeah. Shake because they've gone before the, the evening and, and grabbed a shake. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I, I know in addition to, to the Scarehouse Shake with Maker and for Kids, you guys also did a really cool Star Wars night this year. Oh, that's right. That was so much fun. It looked like so much fun. I wish that I could have made it out, but we had plans for the night. But yeah, so how, how did that come about? Um, yeah, so it was, it was we had been in contact with some folks over at the um, Starkiller 
Garrison. Garrison. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And then um, they, what we had kind of chatted about them about doing something like a fun night because we're, we're Star Wars nerds. Yeah. <laughs> we love Star Wars. Um, and you can listen to it. It's a previous podcast, actually. We talked to those guys, but quickly, they, they are part of a group of um, people who essentially, with uh, Lucasfilm's blessing, are able to dress up as Star Wars characters with movie quality costuming uh, because they appear at nonprofit fundraisers and events. And, and it's it's really cool because like they, we were like, hey, can we, you know, can we do something? We were trying to figure out how we can incorporate them into one of our fundraisers. And we approached Lemieux, Mary Lemieux Foundation and said, hey, you know, would you guys be interested in partnering with us on this event for Make Room for Kids? And they're like, of course. They were they were I, I, they were as excited about it as we were. I was really in it, like involving yeah. Jenny cool. from Make Room for Kids, um, Jenny Montanez, who started that. Mm-hmm. And well, because Microsoft's been involved with yes. Make Room for Kids, mm-hmm. so they were actually like not only all about it, but they said, "Well, let's donate a Xbox." And then it became, "Let's put a uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not a sticker, but a wrap. The skin. They, they, oh, yeah, they the put a skin, skin on yeah. it, a custom skin on it with the Stormtrooper. Then they got a puck signed by Mario." Yeah, and it was it was like as this meeting was happening, these things were happening right you know right after another after another because they were so excited and it ended up being such a cool fundraiser where we raffled off the Xbox and the puck and then we gave a portion of the proceeds that night to make room for kids too and it, it turned into a really cool fun event and people coming had their pictures taken with the folks mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun yeah <laughs> nice yeah now all the cool stuff Pittsburgh has noticed mm-hmm. because I know that the city paper does their like best of series. Mm-hmm. And you guys are three in a row for the best haunted attraction. Hey, wait, wait. I'm going to do this. Hang on. Wait, wait. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was kind of a visual joke, which worked great on podcasts. But um, you, you got a little bit of the audio in there. Just, yeah. Just enough. Yeah. yeah you, you prefaced it. We're yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... I, okay. How can I say this without causing trouble? Um, there are a lot of online media outlets that... USA Today is, is kind of notorious for this, that do these things where they want you to vote. And they are essentially thinly veiled attempts to get a lot of web traffic. Uh, USA Today does a thing every year for pick the country's best haunted house. And you have to, if, what ends up happening is I see other haunted houses doing it. You almost have to campaign for weeks to get people to keep coming back, coming back, doing the, doing all this other stuff. And as an institution, Dutters and I are both in agreement. I'm like, we're not going to go out and really sort of force people to vote for us uh, or do all these little, like, come on, guys, we're trying to win. Like, come on, just you're showing your support by buying tickets. And and we're so appreciative of everything that Pittsburgh has done for us. We're not going to turn around and really, like, beat people over the head and force them to vote. Mm-hmm. But the city paper, so the city paper, uh, every year they do their, their best of thing, which goes all over a period of time. And traditionally, we'll acknowledge it once or twice. We'll just say, like, hey, the city paper thing is out there. If you guys want to vote for us, that'd be really cool, you know, group hug. And then we don't really mention it again. We don't really campaign that hard. And every year, this is, yeah, like you said, three years in a row, um, we've been named Best Haunted Attraction in Pittsburgh. And that's really tremendous. Oh, it's so cool. It's it's really a neat honor. And we like to display our plaques and we had uh, our buddy Dave the clown <laughs> yeah. take some photos with the plaques, which he's, he's awesome. And, and oh my, I feel like I should just say publicly thank Dave the clown, which is now his name yeah. <laughs> forever and ever. Gonna, I think we're just going to call him Dave. The clown. We yeah. internally, we, we've had, 
you know, we put our, we put names in, we put like vote, you know, within our inner circle, like figure this out. And it keeps going back to Dave the Clown. There's something just very satisfying about like, I mean, we'd have such long convoluted things like trying to figure out the science behind why is Pennywise such a good name? And what about this? And what about that one? And it just becomes like, because he's always been called Dave, like there's something kind of scarehousey about just calling this very tall, very terrifying, uh, character who is now the sub who is now actually been tattooed on somebody's arm yep. oh, saw that awesome. photo the other day and just being like it's just dave nice. it's just dave Dave the clown so this is this is dave the clown from your like 3d or 360 uh what is it the hide and seek yeah yeah yep. this is the clown that's all over everything uh, yes yeah, the clown that's all over everything, everything. exactly yeah I, I think i think when i did my walk through this Sorry, I'm, I'm clearing my throat here. Uh, I think when I did my walkthrough this year and I, he popped up, I was like, I know him from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I know him from all of the videos. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's Katie, the girl from the YouTubes. Yes. And yes. the Facebook Lives now. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> and when are you on the Facebook Lives? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so fun because I, I, do, I do have to, I don't know if Dave listens to our podcast, but holy cow, to have somebody involved in so much of your marketing and for him to still be such a cool guy to work with is mm-hmm. so appreciated and it's i mean we would hey, dave we need you to crawl over here do this but look at the camera this way like most ridiculous <laughs> yeah. horrible instructions yeah, i know him him and the and the the, the exorcist kids that we had were doing the 360 video yeah. it was so yeah. much fun to work with them yeah and, oh let's try going go through this door but make sure you're weird yeah and, and wait wait to hear the slam of the door and like like we had all these weird instructions since we can't be in the room while we were recording oh, and everything right. that's right like, like that's solving that little 360 problem oh I love that thing, but man, it is still technology. Still has a ways to go on the the app with, but that's a whole different conversation. But that oh yeah, that could be a whole podcast. Oh yeah. Now you guys are officially done with season. It's it's after your your Halloween time frame on things. So what exactly are you guys up to now that the season is done? Um, podcasting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it never really stops. It slows down a little bit, but mm-hmm. it never really stops. I mean, we just. Um, Katie just went through, as she said, tremendous amount of surveys and trying to get all that data together. And, um, and I will say this year in particular, we were running and gunning. We were doing, we were doing so much and we were also really fortunate or perhaps we just pushed ourselves a little bit too much to visit a lot of other haunted attractions because Mm -hmm. the last few years we've been kind of isolated because there's no easy way to see other haunted houses when they're open in your season, unless you're willing to basically fly up and back within a 24 hour period, or do these crazy road trips and our core team, we all went, well, let's do that because we want to do this. So, mm-hmm. um, between just, I think the mechanics of keeping the haunt open of social media has become so consuming now, not just in terms of generating the content, but as somebody said to me the other day, uh, people use your fan page for live customer service and it's live customer service in front of everyone else. So, you know, there, the season is such a, a blur of just, you're dealing with customer service, you're dealing with content, you're dealing with all these events, also running the haunted house, also doing all this other stuff, also being able to visit all these other places like Fort Worth and Atlanta and Orlando. Um, for me personally, uh, using a movie reference, you know, in the first Superman, when 
the meteorite crashes and the, the, the Kents look over and they just see that long crater and that little kid like way at the back. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what November feels like. It's just, I just hit and, and, um, we're all sick. I think you can hear in their voices. Like I think <laughs> it's all must, caught up with us. It's all caught up with us. But, um, like right after the holidays, which is where, or after Thanksgiving, which is where we are now, this is when we start. Okay. What, what happened? You know, that's sort of the story of December is usually, just like we're doing now with this podcast, but a little bit more of a deeper level, like looking at the data on every level, mm-hmm. looking at the customer stuff, um, looking at all the analytics of the videos and things, and then also just talking inwardly in the same, you know, last year, um, this is when we started having those conversations about the summoning of like, well, did we like it? Did we <laughs> want to do that? You know, so it's um, all that stuff starts. And then, you know, we always say, well, we'll start, the heavy duty detail on design and construction in January. Oh, January. Well, that's like four weeks and you got a holiday. So we're like, we got a couple weeks off and then it all starts up again. And probably a good point to that. Cause I, this is something when I did my walkthrough and you're going through, you know, the ones that are, you know, okay, I've seen it infernal before, not mm-hmm. expecting much different, but there was like, yeah. you guys are still tweaking those things. And it, it was, I don't know. I've never had a haunted house give me chills. Before and I had that during Infernal, and you know with the audio and everything, Mm -hmm. like it was like cranked up a bit and little changes in 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 the um, I forget what your middle one's called the uh, Uh, Nocturnia Nocturnia yeah Yeah. you know and and, you know nice little you know kind of callbacks to things reused from before and everything like that Um, so like that that it's not just what's new well yeah even throughout the season the way the haunt felt first weekend versus fourth fifth weekend much different because we are always tweaking we are always plussing we're always we all drive ourselves like, oh, it could be better. It could be better. It could, and it's sometimes, you know, we were lucky this year in that we changed it with the dozens of little things of like tweaking sound, tweaking lighting, tweaking actors, tweaking performances. There have definitely been previous years like, oh, those three scenes in a row don't work, or that entire attraction's a little problematic. You know, this year right at the gate, it was really strong. But um, yeah, we are always looking for, and it's, it's just a thousand little things of what if that light is pointed this way? What if we reduce that sound 10%? But, you know, it's all very, very analytical. And I think the other thing is we've gotten very good at long-term planning. And so I don't want to lie and say, like, we know exactly what we're going to be doing in 2021. But we, and, and as you heard me say at the beginning here, like, we had one multi-year plan for summoning and we kind of pivoted a bit. But... We do have those plans. So in the back of your mind, you're able to say like, okay, that's the area that we're going to work on next year. If, you know, but they're sort of branching trees that go out. You know, we don't have this ironclad plan. Like right now we have general plans for the next two or three years, but that's going to be, that has to be harmonious with the data that we get. And if the data tells us one thing, then like, oh, no, we're going down this road instead. (laughs) It's funny, like even one of the the funnier, one of the things that we added at, within like, I think it was two weeks left and and the design manager, Nicole and I, there was a section in Sunset Lodge after you left the honeymoon suite, you turned down the hallway with a really cool floor with all the doors and there was nothing. And it drove us nuts for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we put here? What do we put here? And then it was like, oh, garbage can filled with heads and and bloody linens and a a bloody mop. (laughs) Another movie reference in the third Indiana Jones movies, when they say, oh, Marcus Brody, he got lost in his own museum. This is, I could say, the first year because our our core crew just keeps pushing and pushing. There would that that's a very specific instance of me walking in the room and having this moment of, 
I have no memory of that being there. <laughs> <laughs> is that a new addition or new? Or like walking through and certain lighting changes that happened and going, I don't think I did that. <laughs> did Nicole do that? Did, yeah. Which was great. The, the one thing and people were like, well, what scares you? Because like, Scarehouse usually doesn't scare us because we, we produce a lot. Of, you know, we're in there. We yeah, know where we things are. Um, but if you move something or add something <laughs> or change where a prop is located, you will scare the crap out of oh, us. Oh, yeah. I got nailed two years. I think I mentioned this. I got nailed two years ago by an artificial palm tree <laughs> because it was just where it wasn't supposed to be. And I was just walking through the dark. And you just, like, if you think about it, if you look at the corner of your eye in a dark shadow of a palm tree, your brain is like, what is that? <laughs> it's all just like weird, tendrily kind of fluffy things. Like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So, what can we expect in 2018 from from the Scarehouse? Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff and things. Yeah. Um, I think just lots more fun. I think it really, um, it was so much fun this year, I think, internally, which has not always been the case, honestly. But um, we had so much fun, and I think you could feel how fun and animated we were in doing all this. This crew is... is um, so incredible. And so, you know, I don't, I, I can't really reveal too much about what's going on uh, next year, but I think it's going to be more of the stuff that we really like to doing this year. And I think if you look at the videos and the things we've done, you can sort, you can kind of get a sense of the kind of subject matters and things we're really going to enjoy playing with. And also even in that presentation, having fun, you know, we, we, we talked about probably mostly off air, about your your kind of shift into the Facebook lives from the kind of produced mm -hmm. weekly video show kind of thing, and and it seems to be getting more reaction, even though it's longer and dirtier and <laughs> just with a phone and everything, yeah. and a lot of just us being us. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like you could see, like at what point in the season, um, how disheveled <laughs> some of us looked, myself in particular. Oh. <laughs> Depending on what our workload looked would, at that point. <laughs> it would be hilarious to do a supercut of the very first uh, Scarehouse, because Scarehouse Weekly last year, they were pre-taped. It'd be hilarious to do that supercut between Scarehouse Weekly, how it started last year, where it was, we actually had lights and we, you know, we set, <laughs> set all this stuff up and did a whole, there was kind of a loose script of sorts and, um, you know. And going from that to, I think this year, on at least more than one occasion, uh, somebody <laughs> would forget that there was a Facebook Live and uh, <laughs> would be reminded of like, are we going to do this thing? Um, like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> or um, There were points where I had my things on my hand because I was forgetting. <laughs> like, there was so much going on. Yeah. I'm like, what do we want to cover? Hold on. Let me look at my and, and wouldn't And you weren't even hiding it. You would just be like, all right. Like you would, there were a couple of Facebook lives where you're looking at your hand. I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this thing. Like, And then you look back and you go, oh, that was viewed by thousands of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And debtors and have heard me say this far too often. But I think about it. Like, okay, if I was going to do a speech in front of a 4,000 people, I would be freaking out. But somehow the fact that it's just the phone and a $10 stick and uh, <laughs> selfie stick and we're just running around, like you can sort of disconnect from the fact that, oh, there are people in Germany watching this right now. Yeah. And, and even looking on your YouTube, because I know you download and put it over there, you're, you're getting just as many hits over there as you are the other content yeah. too. Because it, yeah. it doesn't feel like, I know, I know we always say 
for things we do here, it's like, well, we don't make videos for YouTube because yeah. they're not, they're long and they're not like that short bit thing. Yeah. And neither is the thing you're putting up, but you have that audience that's, that's going to look at it. And that's something too, um, as, as we, as we look into watch, we should probably start wrapping up, but the, um, I encourage people in the off season to go through our YouTube channel because that goes all the way back to the, you can see the style of Scarehouse changing through those videos in the same way that we're talking about the Facebook live. The first couple behind the scenes Scarehouse videos are these kind of over the top, almost electronic press kit things with a voiceover and everyone looks very polished. And you see how, I mean, the trailers have always been very cinematic and elaborate but I think we're, I forget how many videos are on there. A bajillion. I mean, certainly a couple hundred at least. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to go back to the archives and sort of see like there's the zombie music video with Rob Johnston that we did <laughs> that sort of predated Pittsburgh Zombies. And that's got to that, be six years ago. That was my ago. first exposure to Scare Owls. I'm nice. like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Yes. And then you can still, you can actually see people who are still part of Scarehouse back when they were young and innocent and 301 videos 301 oh, okay you'd think i'd remember that <laughs> well wow we talked about a lot of stuff we did <laughs> we did it you guys we did it fajitas for everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well so actually you can find producer missy and myself at still city con next weekend the december what 7th 8th 9th sure Whatever Friday, yeah, Saturday, Sunday next weekend, we'll be there along um, with Richard Dreyfus, eighth, ninth, um, and tenth. No, it is yeah, Richard Dreyfus doing it. Uh, no, no, John Cusack. See if you can get him on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> hey guy. But yeah, so we'll be there next weekend. We'll have some fun stuff at our table as usual. <laughs> Scott just got attacked by his own mic. <laughs> my elbow hit. My elbow hit the little string here, and it was like. It was like Wesley Tilda Nicole's dog who just like I'm gonna eat your face. This thing was like attacking me. <laughs> we're prof driving we're it professionals. <laughs> so professional. It's amazing. Well, thank you so We've much. Been on international television. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, producers Mike and Nikki Sorg. <laughs> you guys, thank you for putting up with us. We appreciate it because <laughs> we need adults on occasion to direct our conversations. <laughs> And uh, please leave feedback on iTunes, yes. uh, lie and say we're professional, <laughs> uh, but it does help us reach new listeners and uh, subscribe to all the Scarehouse things. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Scarehouse podcast. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.